The Sports Complex of the Horn. On the sports complex today, we'll get into our talked some Texas basketball. We've talked some uh, some Austin FC, talked some uh, women's basketball too. We got into all of that. Some tight ends as well. Uh, the the little draft talk there uh, got into hour one. We'll keep talking. If you want to talk it on the text line, you can send that in. Hour two, we'll get into some Texas baseball. Little NFL news, a little more NBA talk as well, and whatever else you want to talk about on. The text line. I think we're going to go behind the burnt orange curtain as well. Uh, we'll get into all of that. If my voice holds out, I apologize if I do lose it at some point. I think it's going to hang on for the next hour, though. Uh, you know, I'm going to power through. It's a Friday. We'll get there, rest up on the weekend, and come back Monday stronger than ever. That's the plan, guys. That's the plan. Uh, do appreciate everybody on the text line. 512-447-3776. Big fat poll of the day today. Uh who should the Cowboys prioritize as a free agent? Uh, who should the Cowboys go after? Who's their big? Who's the big signing that they should go for first? Who should the Cowboys sign? Let me know on the text line, 512-447-3776. Uh, Texas baseball kicking off the weekend, kicking off a series tonight, uh, three games against Cal Poly. Uh, your starters look to be LeBaron Johnson tonight. Uh, Charlie Hurley tomorrow and Cody Howard on Sunday uh, is supposed to be the lineup. Cal Poly not is not going to be a great team. They're a little bit. They're not. You know, San Diego is a better team than Cal Poly is going to be. Not a lot of ties. I don't think Texas even ever played Cal Poly before. Uh, the ties to Texas would be that Augie Garrido got his master's degree uh, from Cal Poly and coached there from 1970 to 1972. That's about as much connection as I can give you. Uh, but this is a series for Texas uh, to get that pitching a little bit uh, more secure. There's been a little bit of erratic pitching, guys not getting the balls in the strike zone. You know, they need to go back to what the Nationals posted in their uh, in their bullpen during spring training, which is I don't care how fast your ball four was. That's what Texas kind of needs to get to right now. Uh, just throwing too many balls. You know, guys especially are having the trouble of going into the dugouts and then some of these longer uh, innings are coming out where Texas puts up three or four runs, takes a little bit of time, and the pitcher's coming back out of the uh, dugout, and they haven't been able to get back into the groove uh, the way they need to. It's been a little bit of an issue so far, but you're also saying you're four games into the season. Uh, so nothing is is too set in stone or uh, you know unfixable right now for Texas, uh, but you'd like to see that. Uh, LeBaron Johnson didn't have a great outing his first time out. Uh, let's see if he gets a little bit better because he is supposed to be the ace of this lineup. Uh, but it'll be a fun weekend. Fun weekend at the Dish. Uh, go out there, the Yeti Yard, Occupy Left Field, all the good stuff. Always, like, it's just the, the coolest fan base. The coolest fan base. One of the cool. I mean, it, it seems like always a great time uh, with the Texas baseball fans. Uh, looking forward to watching that this weekend. Uh, all those Texas games. Uh, also, we can talk some NFL for you. Uh, the news that came out today that the salary cap uh, for the NFL came out today and projections were off. They're going to be higher and higher. Uh, it is jumping a historic $30.6 million going up this year, uh, the salary cap, to $255.4 million is the salary cap. That is a big jump 
uh, means that the NFL is doing quite well. Booming business uh, is boosting that uh, salary cap number for teams, and it couldn't come come to a better team for a guy like the Cowboys, a team like the Cowboys, that we're going to be over and have to make a lot of decisions about how to get out of the salary cap hell that they were in. They're only $8 million over it right now. So a couple restructures, uh, you're probably going to end up cutting somebody. Uh, we've seen a few people get released so far uh, in the last couple of days. The Cowboys are expected to release Michael Gallup uh, coming up in you know the post-June 1st, I believe, is when they'll release Michael Gallup. Uh, that'll save them about $10 million. That, makes them below, that takes them below the cap. If they re-sign uh, Dak Prescott, that will, they can restructure that in a way that will give them a lot more cap space this season. There's a lot of moves they can make. Uh, to give themselves a lot more cap space because that new number uh, really overshot uh, by, what, $15, $20 million more than people thought it was going to jump. Uh, and that you know helps out the Cowboys a ton. Uh, that Michael Gallup one, uh, the, most reports, he signed that five-year, $57 million contract, got hurt, uh, and just hasn't been the same player since. And uh, it feels as if you know this may be something where they have to get out of that contract. He's still got three years left on it. Uh, I don't know if they're going to want to keep that contract for uh, for Michael Gallup, which sucks. Good guy was playing really well for them. Uh, you know, I don't think he was ever really could have been that number one. Uh, I don't know if he he was even really a number two, a high number two, which you need in the league now. He was a great number three at points, but he even lost that some last season. Uh, so it seems like that would be one of the easier cuts for the uh, for the uh, Cowboys. Uh, Texans, though, when they get the news of the new salary cap, that helps them out more because they're now projected $67.5 million in cap space. Makes it a little bit easier to go back and sign some of those guys that are free agents. We talked about uh, earlier this week or last week. I don't remember when we did it. Uh, we were talking about the uh, free agents for the Texans and who they need to go out and sign. Uh, it's That number, you know, it, it's a blessing and a curse because now it means other teams have more cap space. It means... Your competition and bidding for guys is going to be a little bit more intense because teams that didn't think they were going to have room to go bid after you know some of the top names are now going to have that room. Uh, but the Texans should be a team that you know if they're able to re-sign the guys they want and maybe go out. People want to play with C.J. Stroud. People want to be a part of that D'Amico Ryan's team. They like to be about something young and new in Houston. They could go out and make a splash. We'll see though. Historically, Nick Casario has had that Patriots mindset of not going out and splurging in free agency. Uh, he's been much more of signing guys to, you know, signing guys that are a little bit lower, going for that second, third tier free agent, not the top names, not paying top dollar for free agents. That's kind of been his MO, but he's never had a winning team with $67 million in cap space. So we will see how that ends up uh, for the Texans if they go after it. Uh, and then somebody else, the Dolphins relieving, uh, re- uh, releasing Xavier Howard today. Uh, he will be released. The four-time Pro Bowler, he's 30 years old, but there's a guy, he's from Houston, went to high school in Houston. Texans, if you think Xavier Howard, you can add him in across from Stingley, you need to help out in that secondary. Maybe you can get him with some of that cap money and not have to go try and get another young guy in the draft this season. Maybe put that off or draft a cornerback a little bit later in the draft instead of using that in the first round. You can go attack a different need for the team other than the secondary, or you could still first round it and bring you know three guys in. But Xavier Howard being released today by the Patri- uh, by the Dolphins in a salary cap move, uh, it, it, that's it, for the Texans, 
it is definitely one you want to keep an eye out for. I think for the Cowboys, there's also going to be some interest. He's not only he's not from Houston, he's from he played at Baylor as well, not that far down the road from Dallas. So he could have a he could have an inkling to be a Cowboy as well. Uh, but I think both Texas teams are going to be picking up the phone and calling Xavier Howard, a uh, 30 year old four time Pro Bowler. He's been All Pro in tw- uh, like 2020, I believe he was All Pro. Uh, so he is. Uh, Definitely going to be sought after, you know. I'd said many times, put out tweets like from the reports we're getting, twenty-five to thirty teams need some help in the secondary and free agency in the draft. So everyone in the NFL is looking for somebody in free agency uh, for to help out that secondary. Cowboys, if they're going to keep Deron Bland and Trayvon Diggs, the question is, do you re-sign Gilmore or do you move off of Gilmore and get somebody else? If you're able to get Xavier Howard uh, for a reasonable price. Uh, around which you'll be playing Stefan Gilmore, you're probably getting a younger, better player uh, in in, Gil, uh, in in Howard. So it could be an interesting one. We'll see with those. But just a couple pieces. That NFL salary cap number, when it came out today, you saw all the GMs kind of salivate. The players you know were salivating. We'll see if it helps the running back market at all because it went to the historic lows, but now there's a little bit more money to spend. Maybe that will come back up. You know, do the quarterbacks, you know, for Jerry, that, you know, the, the dual edged sword of that is Dak Prescott now. That number for the highest paid quarterback, it goes up again because of the salary, because they're looking at, you know, how much of your salary cap should be dedicated to your star quarterback. So that number could go up now. He could be the historic 60 plus million dollar contract. I know no Cowboys fans are going to be happy if that happens, but it could happen. We could see that. So an interesting piece there to see that salary cap jump up thirty million dollars from last season. Uh, that is a large. It's a it's a highest. It's a record. It's never done that. It's never jumped up thirty million dollars uh, in one off season uh, to go to the next salary cap. Uh, we didn't get to talk some NBA earlier. Text line still open, 512-447-3776. Now I've told you that the Cowboys will be able to make themselves some cap room and actually go after free agents, which was not a given uh, before the new cap number came out. Uh, who, who should they be going after? Does it mean that they should be going after Frank Clark? Does it mean they should go after a Patrick Queen? Does it mean that they should go after Josh Jacobs instead of Derrick Henry? Does it mean they should be going after somebody who's a top name, Chris Jones? Who should they be going after uh, in the free agency? Let me know on the text line, 512-447-3776. Anything else you want to talk about as well? Uh, get into a little NBA. Last night, we saw the Mavericks get a big win over the Suns. We talked a little bit about them, uh, about how their next few weeks are going to be pretty tough, uh, playing a lot of playoff-bound teams uh, so this is a big part of the season for the Mavs that if they can get through this and they're playing at a high level, it gets a little bit easier. The schedule down the down the stretch for them where they could move up in those uh, the rankings just a little bit uh, in the standings. They they could do that. You just got to play well through this. They do in this game. Luka Doncic goes 41 points, 9 rebounds, 11 assists. He always puts up big numbers. Uh, the Suns, they ran into the problem they're going to have. They just got outgunned. Uh, we're not playing enough defense. Something to notice, though. When we say between Lively coming back and then Gafford coming off the bench in this game, P.J. Washington part of this too, uh, Dallas won points in the paint battle. It's been an issue for the Mavs all season long, stopping points in the paint, stopping guys from coming downhill on them. And that's partly that the Suns are not necessarily that team. The Suns take a lot more jump shots. Uh, so, you know, you want to see that trend continue. Uh, but they went 40-36. to 36. And that's a good sign if you're able to hold – teams to points in the paint under 40 night in and night out in the NBA 
Uh, that's a big difference from what they were doing earlier in the season, and especially last season, uh, that, that trying to shore up that inside game and inside defense. That's why they went out and got P.J. Washington and Daniel Gafford. That's why they drafted Derek Lively. Uh, so good to see that from them. Uh, if you want to say a flip of that, the Rockets lose to the Pelicans 105-127. to uh, Fred Van Vliet, Jalen Green, not great games, not great shooting coming out of the All-Star break. But who did? Amin Thompson uh, puts up 22 points, 9 rebounds, 13 assists. Like, or he was 9-13 shooting. I just had a really good game uh, for Amin Thompson coming off the bench. He would have been starting. Fred Van Vliet comes back into the lineup, so he is now starting again. Coming off the bench, though, Thompson has a good game. Starting to find his ground here uh, as a rookie for the Rockets. Looking pretty good and looking a little bit more, you know, like there may be some some upside to him that's a little different than a Jalen Green or a Jabari Smith. Uh, they could be looking good with that. But when we talk about points in the paint, Singoon, as good as he is offensively, he is not stopping anybody. They put up 62 points in the paint. Uh, the Pelicans do. Too hard to stop uh, when you have a Zion Williamson and guys like that going in and driving at the basket. Uh, so they score a bunch in the paint. They're able to get a win over the Rockets. The Rockets uh, need to start beating some of these teams that are just above them in the rankings uh, if they want to try and get in that play-in. Uh, it's going to be a tough road to get to, but they'll see if they'll be able to do that. The Spurs also drop a game last night, 127-122 to 122, against the Sacramento Kings. Pretty good effort. You could see at the end of the game, the Spurs were not happy with how it ended up. Uh, Devin Vassell has a good game, 32 points in that. De'Aaron Fox, though, plays really good on both ends, 28 points. He also gets a big block steal against Vassell uh, near the end of the game when their Spurs were down by, I believe, five. And Vassell drives the paint to go for an easy shot. And uh, Fox is able to poke it out before the dunk. And uh, it just really, uh, that kind of ended the game right there. So good effort there from the uh, from the Spurs last night, but they can't get the win. Uh, and if you want to talk about points in the paint, both teams not doing anything in that game. Points in the paint in that game. So we said that the Mavs win by allowing 36. Then the Rockets allowed 62. That's not good. Uh, both teams allowed over 70 points in the paint in that game. Guys were driving the bucket over and over again against both. Sabonis and Wimby didn't have uh, great defensive games. Uh, Sabonis did do some great, you know, impressive moves against Wimby in that game. But uh, 72 to 70 were the points in the paint. The Spurs win 72 to 70 in that category, but lose the game 122 to 127. Uh, Spurs play again tonight against the Lakers. Lakers dropped the game last night to the Warriors without LeBron James. It's expected LeBron James will be back tonight against the Spurs, uh, but that's a game the Lakers are have to win. Spurs are going to try and go into L.A. and pull a win there, and then they play on Sunday against the Jazz this weekend. Should be a fun matchup against the Jazz, uh, seeing that two young teams, what they can get done there. Uh, also, the Rockets in, the, in action this weekend, two home games. Uh, they'll be playing the Suns tonight. Uh, which that'll be a tough one going up against a really good team that's going to kind of go try and shoot over the top of this uh, Rockets defense. It's at home. Emei's going to try and get this team to play a little bit tougher, play a little bit closer up on that line, try and load, like push him downhill. Again, we said they're not necessarily the most points, you know, driving downhill, trying to score near the bucket team in the league, which could help out a Rockets team that that's a weakness, but they have a little bit of perimeter defense. Uh, they also play a game against the Thunder, another really good second in the in the Western Conference team. Uh, so that'll be a fun matchup for the Rockets this weekend. And the Mavericks don't play again till Sunday when they go to Indiana to face the Pacers. Luka and Kyrie versus Tyrese Halliburton is kind of must-watch TV at this point. That should be a really fun shootout 
with the Mavericks and Pacers. Getting excited for the the continued season of uh, NBA as these teams start to get there. I'm really curious to see how the Mavs continue to progress with that defensive side uh, in the paint. It was a big piece last night to kind of build that up when they're looking better. P.J. Washington's taking a lot of shots. If they start falling, uh, he could become a dangerous person uh, for this team. He hasn't quite hit his groove yet, so we'll see if he hits his. Then that's a big, big help. Uh, Josh Green, if he can continue to get a little bit better on both ends of the court, then that'll be a big piece going into the playoffs for the Mavs. They're one of those teams. I don't know how many people want to face a healthy Kyrie and Luka in a seven-game series. Uh, but you've got to get there, get into the good place, and don't want to get into a bad matchup uh, in the early rounds, playing in a play-in game, and then having to go up against a Denver or going up against uh, you know, the, Tim- uh, the Timberwolves where they're going to have some good defensive players and uh, you know, protecting the paint a little bit better with Rudy Gobert. You prefer to move up a little bit and uh, have a little bit easier matchup in your first couple games. We'll see if the, the, the Mavs can get it done. Text line's open, guys. 512 512- Four four seven three seven seven six is the text line number. Uh, big fat poll of the day today is who should the Cowboys go after with their free agent money now that they're going to be able to get some free agent money and go after a player or two. Jerry Jones has said he's going all in. He said it. It doesn't always mean it. They also said they're going to run the ball a lot more this season, and they didn't get a running back, but they made this year. So who do you think they should be going after? We've got some good answers so far. Uh, who else do you think they should be going after? Anything else you want to talk about? NFL, if you want to talk some Texas baseball, if you want to talk some NBA, some Texas basketball, we can get into any of that. You guys drive the show. I always try to keep it on the rails. Keep those texts coming in. We come back, we'll start getting to some text messages, and we'll take a little trip behind the burn orange curtain with Rob Babers. We come back here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on The Horn. Back on the Sports Complex here on a Friday, Friday, Friday afternoon. It's a 512 Friday where we play local music and go check out around town this weekend. This is Evan Charles. He's going to be playing Saturday at the Continental Club. If you want to head down and have a good old night on Saturday at the Continental Club, you can check out Evan Charles. Very good. Check him out online, too. Go listen to some music, local music. Go support him. Go get in that stream so they can get, you know, 0.4 cents or whatever, 0.0008 cents or whatever it is. Or a stream, then again, yeah, give him that. Or maybe you could buy a shirt or a CD if you like it, you know. Support the local music scene. Keep keep Austin. It's not keeping Austin weird, really. It's it's keeping Austin uh, musicians not starving. That's really is that the new logo, the new the slogan for, for Austin. Keep Austin musicians not starving. That's what we're going for. Text signs open five one two 
447-3776. My man Chan says, Cowboys shall sign a running back from the USFL. That's Jerry Jones for y'all fans. See, they say I'm a hater on the Cowboys. I'm not a hater on the Cowboys. I'm just reading text for you guys. There's just a lot of haters on the Texans. My man Chan is just hating on, is hating on the Cowboys, hating on Jerry Jones. I mean, he's not wrong. They might sign USFL. But reality is they're going to be, you know, they'll be like, well, we had this guy on our practice squad last year. He wasn't good enough to make the team, but now we think we're going to put him on our active roster all season long. Like, we really like Rico Dottle. Like, yeah, you can like Rico Dottle. I like winning. I think, I don't know if those two go together. I go out and get somebody else. Uh, oh, Vontae Mack. I don't know. I thought I was thinking you meant Vontae Davis, uh, who hasn't probably played in the league in a few years. But you said, remember Vontae Mack from the movie Draft Day. I've never seen Draft Day. Uh, I know that some people would probably, but yeah, it's, it's a movie. It's a drama. I don't. I, don't, I know it's about football, but uh, I don't watch a lot of movies. I just don't. I, I don't know why. I just never really liked them. So uh, I, I, I have never seen that. So I do not know Vontae Mack. I believe... I just kind of went with Vontae Davis as a defensive back who was really good, but that was like years ago. It's like when you're drafting in uh, <laughs> fantasy and you see a name come up and you're like, oh, that guy's awesome, and then you draft him and then you realize, you're like, oh, they were awesome. They were awesome four years ago. Or if you know, if you're Bill O'Brien and you trade for a running back and that, you go, that running back was good three years ago, Bill. You know who's still good? DeAndre Hopkins. He's still good. Trade him away. What a what a dumb move from Bill O'Brien. Still mad about it. <laughs> Man, Jimmy the Gringo says, uh, Dallas Cowboys could could definitely use somebody like Patrick Queen from the Baltimore Ravens. Stop the run. Let Mark Parsons rush the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys that if you think about uh, inside linebackers and the help they need there, like Leighton Vandresh has done a good job. He's had trouble staying on the field. Uh, you know, you're going to probably put Demo, DeMarvin and Overshawn, probably going to try and put him into that role. Uh, as a rookie, see what he can do in a Mike Zimmer defense uh, just because you need more help. And DeMarvio and Overshawn can rush the passer as well, uh, but I think you're going to put him in trying to help stop the run because you've got to get whatever you can to help. But a guy like Patrick Queen who who you know they didn't bet on and didn't give him that fifth-year option and he made him pay for it, uh, he could come after uh, a big uh, big contract. And if the, if the Cowboys want to pony up and help fix that run game, uh, and they don't want to necessarily go with defensive tackle and and give up on Mozzie Smith that quick. Uh, and you have you know you keep Hankins and you you get Mozzie Smith to put on a few more pounds uh, and try and you know fix that project where Dan Quinn had him lose some weight to make him more versatile. You go back to what did Mozzie Smith say at the draft? He doesn't like football. He just likes hitting people. Get him back to that guy who's just trying to take up space and be a stuffer. Have him do that more. So maybe you could do that. I I, I just think it's if you want to say. You know, we don't want to basically give up on our first round pick last year. I think an inside linebacker uh, could help out a little bit more. Texter also says he's a linebacker, the fictional. He's a fictional linebacker, correct? Fictional linebacker. Do not think he's a real person. My, I'm, I think I'm correct on this. <laughs> uh, all right. I want to go behind the burn orange curtain with Rob Babers. Uh, always good to check in to see what they got to say. Little Texas update here. Text line still open. 512-447-3776. Keep those texts coming in. We're going to go behind the burnt orange curtain with a hook em up replay. Come back, get back to the text line here on the Sports Complex. All right. Uh, I want to get into a great article that was written by my man uh, C.J. Vogel uh, for On Texas Football, breaking down the uh, the wide receivers uh, for Texas this year, obviously bringing in Isaiah Bond and 
uh, Matthew Golden, and you're bringing in uh, Bolden as well. You're bringing in, you know, three guys in that wide receiving core. Chemistry is probably going to be the biggest factor in determining how quickly those wide receivers acclimate uh, to the offense. Also, their ability to learn the offense. Remember, Sark teaches all the wide receivers all the different positions. He wants position fluidity within an offense, being able to move those guys around. If they don't learn all the positions, then you don't crack the circle of trust and get to see the field uh, for Sark as one of his wide receivers. And he works really hands-on with the wide receivers too. So if you don't know your stuff, he knows. <laughs> All right. Um, so I, I, I will get into that article here in a second. I got a question, though, that I I'm not I, I'm sure how I feel about it. I'm not sure how Longhorn fans are going to feel about it. So you got the new EA Sports college football video game coming out. They want to make it as realistic as possible. I told you they're putting in individual playbooks. Uh, they're going to try to get individual plays from different teams, try to put in individual playbooks in there and try to make each team experience as close to reality as, as close to a actual game experience as pos- as possible right because they at one point they want to do you know they want to do they want to advance this game um uh, to the point where you know they would like even with the modern like artificial intelligence and people wearing um the have you seen the like the ai goggles that they're wearing yes. now the apple uh, goggles that the freaky crazy stuff that will, like, put you into a game situation. As yes. a, it's, I don't know, next-level stuff. Anyway, they, they got big plans for the return of college football. They know how popular it is. Um, here's the question. Should they put the horns down in it? Because I think they should. Just, I think they should. Uh, should they put the horns down? They, sure, yeah. That's all. The, that, that's, that's part of college football. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, they should put it in there. I think they should put it in there. I, I want to know how Longhorn fans feel about it because I think – you can't make a realistic college football game if you don't put the horns down there because it's one of college football's right now most infamous symbols. <laughs> uh, now, though, obviously, we're we're a horns up crew because we love the Longhorns, but it, everybody who sees the Longhorns, especially going to the SEC, hell, and even leaving the Big 12, you've seen more horns down ever before. Hell, we've had multiple horns down controversies, <laughs> discussions already this season. All right, for Rodney Terry and his crew in Texas basketball, I think you put it in the game. I think they got to put it in the game. If they don't put it in the game, I'd be disappointed, honestly, as a Longhorn fan. I'll say that. Because your game is going to lack the realism <laughs> aspect if it doesn't have the horns down in the game. So there you go. I, I, I don't know. Hit us up on the text line and let me know how you feel about it. I know some Longhorn fans get offended by that kind of stuff. I'm not. I think it's the best free marketing and free media you probably can get right now in and I'm just in college sports and all sports in in general because I don't know if you know there aren't many hand symbols like that that immediately immediately you know they're so recognizable you know exactly what it what it's talking about right you know exactly what teams are trying to say and you know who they're referencing and I think you should keep trying to promote it there you go that's my take on the game and the horns down I know it's it, I don't know if it's being talked about, but I guarantee you somebody in that office, uh, EA Sports, is thinking about it, has already done it, or probably is asking some Longhorn official whether how they feel about it, um, even though it's been an issue. Um, maybe even the conference, Big 12, decided that they were going to penalize it at one point for teams doing the horns down, which, by the way, most Longhorn fans disagreed with, too. And they disagreed with uh, Coach Terry going off, uh, you know, about the horns down in the handshake line. I don't think Longhorn fans are as sensitive about the horns down as nationally they think we are. They make it a big story. I don't think Longhorns make it a big story. They understand now it's just free publicity. 
it's just free media. Uh, all right, let's get to this uh, article about my man C.J. Vogel. It was pretty good. He did a, a breakdown, a very thorough breakdown, went down the rabbit hole um, about the new additions to the wide receiving core. And he actually added Jontae Cook in there, which I like too. Um, he believes the top four wide receivers are going to be Isaiah Bond, Jontae Cook, you know, and then some combination of Matthew Golden or Silas Bolden. Uh, the, the, the stats of these guys also are, you know, not that far off from each other. I mean, Silas Bolden, 54 receptions for 746 yards, uh, five touchdowns, Matthew Golden, 38 for 404 and six touchdowns, Isaiah Bond, 48 for 668 and four touchdowns. Isaiah Bond has the highest ceiling and you can even see that from his yards per catch. I mean, he's at with 13.9 yards per catch. Jonte Cook knows the system better than all the other wide receivers. They don't know the system. They don't have chemistry with Quinn Ewers. He already does. So he does have, I think, an advantage in this overall competition. Uh, remember, but he has the least you know, amount of productivity out of all these wide receivers. Only eight receptions, 136 yards, zero touchdowns, 17 yards per catch. If you go look at the alignment of these guys, which I thought was really interesting, remember Sark wants to – Move these guys around. He wants position fluidity. He would like guys to be able to play in the slot, play the X, play the Z as well. Um, Isaiah Bond is a guy that played in the slot about 58, 58% of the time, a little over 58% of the time, out wide 40% of the time. Matthew Golden, slot 34% of the time, out wide 65. Silas Bolden, slot 18%, out wide about 80% of the time. Um, Jante Cook in the slot about 18% of the time, and he was out wide about 82. So the, the guy that probably is obviously the most evenly split is Isaiah Bond. You can move him around a lot. And Matthew Golden, who was out wide a lot, but still over 34% of his reps were in the slot, too. Um, I thought it was interesting that Silas Bolden was not in the slot as much. He was out wide 80% of the time. This is a small guy, small-ish guy, and yet they played him out wide a lot, which means they either played him off the line of scrimmage so they can move him around, or he's a lot more physical as a small-ish wide receiver um, than, you know, his stature would indicate. And I, you do see that on the film. He's physical, but he's out wide a lot of times. Uh, Jante Cook, it'll be interesting to see how Sark uses Jante Cook. Remember, Xavier Worthy, he would move X-Man around a lot more. Um, the alignment of the receivers is going to be big this year. Um, the, if you look at the average distance of the target, the A-dot of these guys, uh, Silas Bowden and Isaiah Bond, both above 12 um, A-dot, average depth of target. Um, Jonte Cook's at over 11. Uh, Matthew Golden around 8.3. See, Matthew Golden's the guy, looks like he was a lot, a lot more of his passes were around the line of scrimmage, at the line of scrimmage, or even behind the line of scrimmage. Now, he showed against Texas he could do both, but you look at his yards after the catch, uh, and that's where he shines. He's at 5.9 yak yards per reception. Isaiah Bond at 4.6. Silas Bowden at over also above 5. He's at 5.1. Jonte could get 8.3 yards after the catch per reception. If you can extrapolate that uh, in Sark's offense, which is a run-to-daylight offense, right? He likes his wide receivers to be able to catch, catch the ball on the move. He likes movement routes. He's not a big, as big a fan of stop routes. He's a movement route guy. He talks about that. It's why he recruits speed. Um, he always claims that when you run stop routes, the DBs are the same speed or faster than my wide receivers. I want them to be able to use their speed, so he wants to be able to get them the ball on the move with what we call movement routes. So that's, that's important, too, because uh, a guy like – you know, John Tay Cook averaging 8.3 yards after the catch per reception. Not saying that's going to stand up, but if he can be that kind of player, 
um, in Sark's offense, too. I mean, that will jettison him, all right, to the top of that the wide receiver competition. Drop rate, a uh, bit of a concern with Matthew Golden. He's over 13% drop rate, um, and that's, that's six drops on the season. That's a little concerning, but um, he's the only one with a high drop rate. I mean, Isaiah Bond's over three. Uh, Silas Bowden's over, uh, close to four, but he's at 3.9. Uh, Jante Cook has only had one drop, but it, it, the sample size was really too small. It, it, so it, uh, you can't really say one way or another if he has a high drop rate. It's a 11%, but he only had one drop, and that's just because his sample size is so small. With this depth of wide receiver, though, I've been saying it for a while, I do think Sark is going to tweak his personnel uh, usage a little bit. He's He has never really used 10 personnel since he's been on the 40 acres um, because 10 personnel, one back, zero tight ends. Um, it, he really likes tight ends on the field. He talks about tight end being the second most uh, important position in his offense behind quarterback. But Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Rita Williams, Cardi B size, making the seven size. But it's when he was at Alabama and he had four first round wide receivers, Waddle, Ruggs, uh, Devontae Smith. He, you know, those guys, he actually ended up playing a 10 personnel package. He called it the red package, and he would use, you know, basically blitz the opposing team with speed and with explosive weapons, and that's kind of nightmare fuel for any defensive coordinator. Now, this group isn't that talented. You don't have four first-round wide receivers, but you do have a really deep wide receiving core, and one of the ways to maximize those guys is to put them all on the field together. Especially with a, a veteran quarterback like Quinn Ewers. He should know what to do with those kind of weapons. And you added Jaden Blue to the mix, that would be a – think about how explosive and how, and how you know, lethal that package could be. Most, you know, most coaches will probably just call a timeout because they'll be outmanned and there'll be a matchup disadvantage that they're afraid is going to end up leading to a, a touchdown or explosive play. Yep, uh, no doubt about that. I mean, you just don't have DBs that fast, right? If you have Nobody four does. guys that are like track speed. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah Bond was a 10, 300-meter guy in high school uh, in the state of Georgia. Exactly. I mean, he's one of the fastest players in the South uh, coming in. Matthew Golden's got great speed and wheels, and uh, we know what uh, Jonte Cook's all about. That's exactly uh, right. Jaden Blue's one of the fastest running backs in the country, too. So yes. No doubt about that. You just don't have that many guys that can run, and you – Almost have to play his own defense. You got to back up. And, then <laughs> and I make remember, it easy on him. I think we all watched it when Sark had Tua throwing to those guys and Mac Jones. No one could keep up with them. I mean, Nobody they really couldn't. I mean, they averaged like 50 points a game. Yep. Um, I mean, this is this is kind of the the strike that they're going to try to build here at Texas with a veteran offensive line and a third year quarterback. Yep. Good stuff right there with Rod Babers. Uh, a lot of a lot of thoughts coming in on the text line on the horns down in the video game. It says uh, agree, like Rod says, free earned media. This says they absolutely should put the horns down. We're always on their mind in the virtual world too. Yep. Says hell yeah with the horns down. It'd be great as I run the ball right down their throat for a exactly. touchdown. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. It's awesome. Come on, man. See, I think Lowhorn fans are gonna dig it. You want it in there, man. You want it, says, it in there. We're watching a game where human beings are smashing into each other. We're supposed to be offended by some upside down horns. No worries. No worries. Don't right. mind it. Yeah, by the way, I don't know this, Rod. I mean, I mean, I know they do the horns down. Do 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 they do the thumbs down for the Aggies? I've never seen. Has that. anybody ever cared enough to do it? No, no. I've never seen that. That's that's not a thing. I don't think that's a thing. Yeah, I don't. That's why I don't. I don't. Yeah, because their hand sign, their hand sign is not famous enough. I know. Exactly. Nobody will know what you're doing. They'll be like, "Why is this guy just doing thumbs down?" What is? <laughs> that, uh, that they won't. They won't associate that with the Aggies. You do horns down. Everybody goes immediately associating that to the Longhorns. Everybody knows that. Thumbs reference. down to thumbs down. Yeah, thumbs no down. Nobody cares like, enough. Nobody cares enough. And thumbs down existed before the Aggies were, you know, a thing. Yeah, you know I mean, that was, they were doing that back in ancient times. <laughs> Remember the gladiator? Thumbs down. Boom. <laughs> so they were doing it before the act. Nobody was doing horns down before the horns down. 
before the Longhorns up. Unique brand. I mean, thumbs, a, up, yeah. thumbs Up was a hitchhiker yeah, when I was growing up. Yeah, Like it wasn't, you know. And I know people still do thumb that. in the air. That was uh, either good job or I'm uh, looking for, can you pick yeah. me up for a ride here on the side of the road? Yeah. And I know they're still, like, I know some people do the, what is the kind of the rock out symbol where you kind of, you're a rocker, the rock and roll symbol. Oh, that's yeah. Kind of, that, that, that's kind of Longhornish, but, uh, yeah, the Longhorn thing is very unique. 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 Yes. All right. Good stuff there from Hooking Out with Ian Robbie, a little behind the burn orange curtain, talking about the horns down. Always an issue. Always, always divisive. It's always one of those things, too, where people who are not Texas fans and not around this program think that every Texas fan is just crazily against the horns down. They don't realize most of us don't really care. It bothered a lot of us at one point, and now it's so prevalent everywhere that it's not. It doesn't, like, it's been, it's been, it's been tainted by how many people have done it that it doesn't mean anything anymore because too many of you did it for no reason and when Texas wasn't even there, who cares now? Uh, text line's open, 512-447-3776. Uh, if you want to say who, the poll of the day, get one more uh, shot at it in the next segment. Uh, when we come to wrap things up, poll of the day, which free agent should the Cowboys sign this offseason? Now that the cap looks like they'll have a little bit more room, let us know what you think. Uh, on the text line, 512-447-3776. Anybody else have any other comments, questions, concerns that you want to throw in before we get out of here on a Friday afternoon and get to the weekend? Hit us up on the text line. We're going to take our last break, come back, and wrap the things up here on the Sports Complex here on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons only on the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes. I'm very drunk and I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. Wrapping things up here on the Sports Complex on a Friday afternoon. Uh, a couple more texts to get to. <laughs> Somebody, of course, the Fire McCarthy replaced Dak text. I'm not I'm not against firing McCarthy. I mean, he kind of missed the window to do it, but I, I, I would have fired him. But that's just me. I'm not a huge Mike McCarthy fan. I get why they kept him. I don't think it was crazy to keep him, but I, 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 I would have gotten rid of him just because I'm impatient. Uh, but the, no, they the replaced Dak. Uh, I don't know how. I don't think there's a way to do it. I think you should draft a quarterback. Uh, I think you should see what you can get done with uh, Trey Lance. Uh, but I, I don't think I, I, there's no easy way to replace him. There's there's less quality starting quarterbacks uh, than teams in the NFL. So it's hard to find another way. It's very hard to replace a guy like that, especially he got, who's second in MVP voting. I get it's not the proven winner. I get he hasn't had the playoff success. There's been other issues too. Uh, the fact they did not get him a running game. Uh, that goes on to that goes on to Jerry. That goes on to the Cowboys. Uh, Random Texter says sixty nine says who's the best free agent GMs? Cowboys would never, but uh, they should bring in that guy before they start making decisions on how to make the best moves to maximize the new cap. Uh, I mean, maybe Lewis Riddick. I mean, there is not really free agent GMs. I mean, those 
You can go to guys that are underneath general managers, and if you give an upgrade, you can go get them. I mean, Lewis Riddick was a guy that a lot of people were hot on for a while, but he hasn't been, uh, but it's been like a decade since he's done anything like that. I mean, Jimmy Johnson probably would be pretty good. Maybe you can go get him. <laughs> but, yeah, it's and they're not going to. We, we, we all know they're not going to. Uh, my man, Chan, have a great weekend. You have a great weekend, too. I appreciate it, man. Uh, Jimmy the Gringo, better go. Hope you get feeling better. Elimination Chambers tomorrow. Let's go Sammy Zayn and Raquel Rodriguez. Have a wonderful weekend. I do. Have a wonderful weekend, too. Enjoy Elimination Chamber. I'll see if it gets turned on and maybe watching basketball. I'll be honest. I'll probably be watching basketball. I do. You know, I, 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 I like it. I may watch it later. I may watch it at night, you know, once it's done. Uh, appreciate very good coverage. I appreciate you. Everybody who joined the show today uh, on the text line, appreciate it. Made it through. My voice didn't go out, so I'm very happy about that. I was a little worried about it. Uh, I was going in and out a lot this morning, so uh, very happy to get through that. I'm going to go home and get some rest, take more medicine, and I'll be back on Monday with a, with a passion and a fire to go back and, and talk more offseason uh, NFL. But recap, uh, Texas basketball. Hopefully Texas can play to put up a good fight against Kansas and anything can happen in college basketball. It would be great to see, especially get a win over Kansas. That's what propelled Texas last year. It was in Austin, but it was a win over Kansas that propelled them to winning the Big 12 tournament, to uh, the, the Elite Eight run, all of that. So a big game on Saturday there. Texas baseball hopefully looking for a sweep there. Women get a big win at UCF. Be a great weekend for all of us. Uh, here and if the Spurs can beat the Lakers tonight always want to beat the Lakers hope everybody has a great weekend love you guys so much on the text line we'll be back uh, on Monday with more until then be kind be safe keep your underwear clean and we'll see you back here on Monday for more from the sports complex